Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 122 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on with you this week? Uh, so outdoor soccer started again, so club ball, we're back outside. Um, we got our first game this Sunday, so getting right back into the groove, just kind of rush on some things with the guys, and uh, we'll get kicked off there. Um Premier League-wise, a lot of interesting games happened this week. Um, a couple boring ones, but um, some teams put themselves in better positions for the, the remainder of the year. So, um, And then I've been enjoying watching the, the Sixers in their first two games after the All-Star break. Those guys are really fun to watch right now. So there's a, uh, I've been enjoying watching sports lately. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been uh, exciting watching the Sixers. Tonight's the first home game, so... Uh, I'm really excited to see what the uh, what the crowd <clears throat> thinks of of Harden in his first home start. I mean, we've seen him play two games now, and he's looked tremendous in in both of those starts, um, both facilitating, even on a defensive end, and then of course his his scoring, which he's known for. Um, so that's been fantastic. Um, in in the world of of our uh, Premier League clubs. Some things good, some things bad. Um, we'll get into we'll get into some of the uh, happenings with with Chelsea. Uh, there's you know breaking news stuff that came out today, and and we'll get into that when we get to their fixture. Um, but let's uh, let's start things off with Arsenal. Uh, they pull off the league double over Wolves, winning two one uh, in a last gasp fashion. Wang Hee Chan opened the scoring for Wolves in this one. Um, and then they really just pretty much locked down like they have always, um, except Arsenal really just kept going at them. They really wanted the three points here. You could tell it took a really long time for things to break down, but in the 82nd minute, uh, Nicola Pepe got himself a nice goal. And then in the 95th minute after Wolves time-wasted like absolute fucking bastards, Parma got them. And they conceded a goal to, to Lacazette, which was later attributed to Jose Saz, an own goal. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, it definitely touched him, but it was it was a well-worked goal. Um, really, the build-up play was fantastic in this game. I thought pretty much everybody had a fantastic game. Martinelli looked good. Odegaard looked amazing since since really like kind of the holiday period. Uh, he's been just unbelievable. Uh, seeming to be kind of a steal. We got him for not all that much money. Saka's been great, and then Lacazette's been doing a job. So I know Mikel kind of wants to maybe hold on to him, talk about it, um, but I think it's it's time for him to move on. But I do appreciate um, the fact that, that he's looked good. Um, and this was just Wolves not being able to, to hold on to the lead. Uh, they've been so good at winning games 1-2-0 uh, or, or just getting away with, with a point when it matters, and they didn't get any in this game, and it's it's nice to see because some of these guys got a little bit high on their horses. Uh, and you know, Ruben Neves had something to say after Arsenal beat them last time, uh, and then they went ahead and and celebrated right at Ramsdale when when we scored in the ninety fifth. Uh, he went crazy and celebrated in in that Wolves end. Uh, so it was good to see. You know, rem- remember who you are. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a great result for Arsenal. I think it kind of went against Wolves in a way, them scoring so early in the game. 
um, and from a silly mistake in the back from Arsenal there. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel's back pass. Um, but yeah, I think scoring so early, they instantly, like you mentioned, packed it in and uh, going 80 plus minutes playing like that is never going to end in your favor. Most of the times you're always going to accept the, the fact of taking multiple chances on throughout the whole game. And um, it went literally went down to the last second of the match. And I think the, the best thing for Arsenal in this game was their, their subs made an impact is what you always want as a manager. You want your subs to come on and make the difference. And uh, Pepe and, and Ketia both did that. So, um, and it's funny cause it was one of those things where with, with this show and we talk badly about somebody and we question their abilities and that they, the following game, yeah. uh, they, they pop up. So Pepe getting a goal and an assist in there. Um, and then Enketi as well, providing uh, a nice pass into the lead up and a goal was nice to see. So, uh, Arsenal have positioned themselves into a position in the table where they have plenty of games in hand um, on the teams around them. And I think if, if they take care of that match up against Tottenham, um, they pretty much solidify themselves at least a top five finish in my eyes because the rest of their games in the league are, are most of them are in their favor. They're not against top tier teams in the league. So um, if they can take care of business in one or two more of these big games, they'll be looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Champions League qualification is, is really just, I think, what most people, most Arsenal fans are, are looking for, and I know that's what I'm looking for. Okay, Southampton 2, Norwich City 0. Southampton get the job done again against an extremely underpowered uh, and really just underperforming in general. Norwich side, Che Adams scores in the 36th. Oriel Romeu adds one in the 88th to ensure that all three go to Southampton. Uh, this was kind of a battering. You don't see Southampton batter many teams, but they looked really good here. Uh, only one shot on target for Norwich, nine for Southampton, 27 shots total for them, as well as 60% of the possession. Southampton now taking three wins and two draws in their last five games. They're in exquisite form, just five points behind Wolves. Norwich now in 20th place on 17. Ooh, five points from safety where Everton sit right below, right above the drop. Yeah, and plus they played the most games in all those teams below, uh, above them right now in that relegation scrap. So um, it's not looking good for them. They Them, them and Watford there um, are most, de- most desperate for points right now. But yeah, this was a Southampton clinic here. They They dominated the ball and the flow of the game overall and Norwich all or Norwich's problem was they tried to play a possession based style where they try to build it out of the back and uh, they just couldn't break Southampton's high press and, and they just didn't have the quality in the midfield to get the, get the ball from one end of the field to the other in a fashion where they could build the play up. So I, I think that was just a management thing and a tactical thing where, um, they're trying to stay true to what they want to do when they came up in a a reasonable, uh, watchable style of game that, that fans enjoy. But um, they're in a relegation scrap where any means necessary to get points is what the fans want. So they don't care if you play the tiki-taka or if you do route one and just play the ugliest style. As long as they're getting points, that's all that matters right now. So I think that's something maybe, that maybe Dean Smith needs to... Uh, integrate into his game plan maybe 
Um, I'm sure they've talked about it, but something needs to change for them. And Southampton have been soaring recently now with those five straight um, unbeaten games. Uh, they jumped straight into that top 10 for when there was a period of time where they were sitting around 15th. So they're heating up at the right time of the year. And um, they're starting to maybe potentially push on to um, maybe compete for one of these European spots. You never know because um, Tottenham and Wolves now um, have been dropping form as of lately. Uh, and they're right there behind them only by a few points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of crazy to to see the form that Southampton are in right now. I mean, it's impressive. They they string together results like this every season. Um, they'll be there's really- always there's always one game where it just like um, it sets them back a lot. There's always yeah. like a big game that just I don't know when it's going to be, but um, yeah, no, they'll think- get battered at some point. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, up next, Leeds nil, Tottenham four. Speaking Matt, about getting battered. I know. I mean, what an absolute shit show. 15 goals in four games. That was uh, what uh, Leeds had conceded after this game concluded. That is an abysmal, abysmal record. It cost Marcelo Bielsa his job. Jesse Marsh has now been appointed. Um, I put out a tweet about that the other day. I said he's uh, a lot of um, of really American football kind of hangs in the balance with him because I think... Um, he's the most modern and intelligent coach that we could possibly ever appoint um, to the U.S. men's national team. Um, and I think that this is a huge test for him. He has a lot of young players here at Leeds that he's going to um, hopefully be able to assist in, in really um, developing themselves. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great thing. I wish, I wish Jesse Marsh the best of luck, and we'll move on to the way that this game went. There's not much to be said Four leads. Um, they tried their best, but they just couldn't get anything to fall. Three shots on target, 19 shots total for them. Um, Tottenham just had way more quality in their chances. 15 shots, 11 on target. Possession was split right down the middle. And the goal scorers in this one were Matt Doherty, Dan Kulisevsky, Harry Kane, and Huang Min Sun. So pretty much the usual suspects outside of Matt Doherty, who's been having a really, really rough go of it this season. He's been in and out of the side. Um, I don't think he's anywhere near his best. I always think back to the year he was with, uh, or a couple of years that he was with Wolves. I thought there was a couple of seasons where he was extremely good. Um, he's been pretty much been level quality uh, for Tottenham for uh, pretty much every game that I've seen him play. Uh, but a good goal here, a good opener. What else can we say about Kulisevsky? I mean, it seems like he's the best signing of the window, um, making such gigantic impacts in every game he's been in. Um, and then, of course, your usual suspects, Kane and, and Wingman's son. Um, but a really good game for Tottenham. It's kind of, they seem to be swinging like a pendulum right now. One good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. They just had a terrible fucking game against Burrow yesterday where they like just destroyed so many different chances to win. Um, so to be honest with you, I think uh, th- they'll be absolutely raring to go come the weekend. But uh, yeah, good result for Tottenham in this one. Yeah, Leeds uh, right now, and they're in the if we're looking at form based off their last six games, they ranked dead last in the league. Um, excuse me, drawing one and losing five. They've only scored five goals in those matches, and. Given up 21, so 
Um, they need drastic changes, and I think you're talking about Jesse Marsh. He couldn't be put in a more a more volatile situation or a more dire situation. I should say that because he has 12 games to to save a club that um, has just recently been back in the league for the first time in a long time. So um, it's something that everybody's going to be very on the edge of their seat of every single game. Um, there's been questions of are the remain all the are these 12 games all like considered cup finals um and he 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 responds with just they need to take it day by day and do what they do what they can control uh, along those lines so um i don't think and he said it himself they don't need to be at that point because there's so many games left and um they're not in a they're not in a vacuum there's other things going around where other teams can also drop points and are also in bad form so it's not all solely dependent on them consistently getting results but um i think they went through a tough run of games recently against all those big clubs and spurs uh, united and liverpool i don't think anybody expected them to get points out of those but when they're dropping points against um, Everton, Newcastle, around their around their um, level in the table, those are the games where um, the criticism really needs to come. So um, I think he's going to go away from the man-to-man marking. He said they're going to do more zonal, more uh, more of a general idea of defending rather than this man-to-man Bielsa marking. But um, I think they have a good run of games coming up where they can get some points out of them for Tottenham. Um, I think they were fortunate enough to play this Leeds team at this time to kind of bounce back um, off a big loss to Burnley. Um, and now they went back to another loss against Burrow in a cup where um, it was our last chance to win silverware. So um, that doesn't bode well with Harry Kane. He's probably going to leave. Um, so they need to do whatever they can to finish as high in the table as possible um, to save any type of any type of town in that club left. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I I think Leeds with Marsh can definitely turn some things around. I think the man-to-man style definitely um, was unique to the league and is why they've given up the most goals right now. So I think I think if they could change that, um, because they are competitive, they are still attacking-wise getting opportunities. I mean, they had 19 shots in this game, and obviously only three were on target. But they are putting themselves in op- op- They're giving themselves opportunities to 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 score and to put other teams under pressure so i think defensively if they can share a few things up um, a lot of these games can be closer for them yeah absolutely um okay that's on we had oh yeah this one was was tough uh brentford nil newcastle two uh the first really issue of note in this game was the fact that brentford got a red card uh, in the 11th minute, Josh De Silva sent right off in the 11th minute. Uh, Brentford had a play with 10 men. Newcastle dominated this game. I mean, I thought they looked really, really good. They've looked solid since, I don't know, I guess maybe six or six weeks ago, five weeks ago. Um, they've been stringing together some extremely uh, solid and consistent results, which is, are just two words you don't think of when you think of Newcastle. Um, let's go to the stats here. 26 shots for Newcastle versus Brentford, six, 11 versus Brentford's one for shots on target and 63% possession for Newcastle. If we look at their form, we have four wins and a draw in their last five for Newcastle. 
and four losses on a draw for Brentford. So uh, two teams trending in opposite directions. I think this Newcastle team is overperforming. Um, you're getting really, really, you're getting the most out of Joe Willock again. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. This is two in a row that he's got a goal now. Um, so I guess maybe he's back. Who knows? We, we know how he played towards the end of last season. He was unstoppable. So if they can continue to get that out of him, I think that, um, you know, spells good signs for, for Newcastle, but on the opposite end, Brentford just looked like a team who are extremely lost. Uh, they're in 15th place now. They do only have two more points, um, than, than Everton who are in 17th. But Everton have three games in hand. So we'll see. I think I like Leeds and Everton's chances of staying up better than I like Brentford's chances. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And they played the most games around everybody yeah. there. Um, Burnley having two games on them and only being three uh, points behind them. And they're, that, they're, they're in that first relegation spot. But yeah, this game was over as soon as that red card happened. Um, very undisciplined there from De Silva. But... Right away, you go down to 10 men against a team that is in, in the second-best form in the league, only behind Liverpool, and it's never going to bode well. They've, they've found their way. They've found their style, um, and surprisingly, it's without probably two of their best players in Callum Wilson and St. Maximin, um, which is surprising to me. But, I mean, from the, from the start of the season, their problem was um, defense. It was not conceived. It's, it's the same situation Leeds are in. It wasn't a an attacking problem because you have great creative players in that team. Um, it was just a structure thing in the back where they were weak. Uh, now they've shirted up um, in almost every single position there, the full, both fullback positions and central defense. Um, obviously no Kieran Trippier for the next uh, four weeks or so with that foot injury, but it seems like they're getting by just fine. And um, they've climbed all the way up to 14th. Um, obviously they're not out of it yet. They need, I would say three more results like this, uh, maybe three more wins and they're good because I don't, I don't see a bunch of those other teams below them getting maybe three more wins with the remainder of the season. But I think that's their goal right now is to hit that, hit that high 30 point mark and they'll be safe. But yeah, for Brentford, it's, it's, it hasn't looked good since the, since the Christmas window time period, because they've, I think they've lost eight eight game their last eight they haven't picked up a win or um with one drawn seven losses so i agree with you they look lost um they've been without tooney this entire time it's affecting them obviously because um he's been their big goal scorer for the past couple of years in the other leagues and he's he got subbed in this game uh it didn't help christian erickson making his debut um being uh, in a 10-man game um he couldn't really express himself fully they were always under or they were always on the back foot in this game so you couldn't really give him a good chance an opportunity to show what he can offer again but yeah i think i think they just need to just put this one to bed and move on really yeah uh okay Moving on to Crystal Palace and Burnley. This game finished 1-1. Jeffrey Schlupp got the Eagles on the board extremely early with a goal in the ninth minute. Luka Milivojevic uh, scored an own goal in the 46th to draw Burnley level. Really tough result for both teams here. I think both of them would have wanted um, three points because this is uh, one of those games where three points are in the balance, you know. Um, both teams are sort of in the middle of the table. 
Uh, actually, no, Burnley are further down. I They've been playing decently, so I keep thinking they're further up than they are. Um, but they're not. Uh, Burnley are in 18th, and Crystal Palace are in 11th. So uh, I think Burnley right now, the way that they're playing, had a chance to take points away, three points away um, from Palace. They're playing well as well, but um, Burnley are, are sneaky, and they just came off that win against Tottenham. So I was expecting a, a better performance uh, from them. They were a little bit flat, sort of the Burnley that we know and love. Um, and Palace just just unable to break them down and, and get that second goal. So this one, uh, the the two teams share the spoils. And I, I'd, I'd give the edge to Palace. I think they looked better. Um, just, just not quite at uh, maximum firepower, which we've seen um, past couple weeks. Yeah, I think um, Palace should be more disappointed in yeah. dropping points here because um, right off the start of the second half, they give up a, a goal to Burnley where uh, the ball whipped in from Lennon wasn't going to be dangerous whatsoever. And uh, Milojovic just committed and it took an awkward deflection. And it was one of those things where it just went in Burnley's favor. And from there on out, they just didn't look like any... They didn't have any other clinical chances to capitalize on the momentum. So I think Palace should have held out in this game to win, uh, um, especially after seeing what Burnley did yesterday against Leicester. Um, they, they, they're just playing, like how I mentioned, Norwich is trying to play more watchable football and try to play more tiki-taka, connecting, possession build-up. Um, Burnley's doing what the Norwich should be doing, long balls over the top, physical uh, bully ball playing for set pieces and it's working out in their favor um, obviously they have better pieces for that style but um, it's it's per, it's proving to earn them points and climb and get them higher up the table so and then at the end of the day that's all that matters but yeah I think Palace should have definitely have looked to win this game at some point but uh, it wasn't meant to be Burnley just held out um, and good for them so um, they're they're in a more favorable position now to for the next couple games Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, already. Mm. Where are we? Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, Rochester United, nil. Watford, nil. Manchester United take a point, but only one point from the two meetings with Watford this season. They lost 4-1 um, away in, I think it was October or November, I believe. Uh, to, yeah. to Watford, and then Watford now coming to Old Trafford and taking a point. Uh, Watford currently sit in 19th place. Manchester United are in fourth. What an absolutely abysmal result for United. Um, they looked okay at points, but you cannot let this Watford team take points off of you. This is a game you absolutely have to capitalize on especially considering that you're in competition for Chelsea with Chelsea for third place. Um, and really, you have Arsenal and West Ham snapping at your ankles, coming for your spot and your Champions League qualification spot. And at this point, the way that I'm watching Manchester United play, the way that I see the chemistry kind of just emanating from the players on the pitch, it is, it's bad. It is scary hours at United. I know I've said this many, many times, but... I there's just so much disconnection from each part of the pitch and it's just it every once in a while you'll get a really good game from them where they all seem to be on the same page but I just don't think they play for Ralph and I think Pogba has been great it's been great to see him back but 
Um, he didn't play in this game, but ultimately just, oh, just, just not good. United are not in a good shape right now. Yeah. The manager situation, everybody knows he's not there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's in his deal. And if, even if he was there for two, a two, three year deal, um, I think everybody knows he's not the guy and, um, the players obviously have shown that, but, um, you were right. Alonga did get the start here. He looked good. He seemed like the only, the only bright spot in this United attack, um, trying to create anything going forward. But yeah, they should be disappointed with this. Once again, another situation where they drop points. Um, still, they've, they're on a good unbeaten streak, but um, it doesn't help in the table here with teams behind them picking up win after win. And um, yeah, I mean, Watford here um, get a surprise draw. It helps them a little bit, but... They need to start getting wins. Um, getting a point against a top side like this is never expected, but it always helps. So I think they can take this momentum and carry it on to games where they have a better chance against similar quality teams. Um, they, we know they have dangerous players in King and Saar. Saar picked up a couple nice chances in this game. Um, overall, the team looked better for them. Ben Foster stood on his head a lot. Um, so yeah, I think another game where Manchester United struggles at home, it seems like whenever they play at Old Trafford, they are always underwhelming, um, and they're so strong on the road. It seems, it seems like that's where they pick up a lot of their points. So, um, they need to figure something out there with the fans or with the coaching staff or something needs to, something needs to be figured out sooner or later because they can't keep getting a, they can't keep um, getting away with these types of results and teams behind them not catching up to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, let us move on. We are headed on to Brighton nil, Aston Villa 2. Villa finally get the result they're looking for behind a Matty Cash goal in the 17th and an Ollie Watkins goal in the 68th. Extremely good to see Ollie Watkins get on the score sheet. Boy, he needed it for his confidence. Um, he started out on the right in this game. They still have Coutinho out on the left and Danny Ings in the center. Uh, of course, Coutinho, um, we, I talked last year, uh, year, last episode about the fact that I don't really like him playing out on the wing, um, but I'm not the manager. So... Uh, a really, really good performance from Villa. I thought they looked good when they had the ball. It wasn't all that much, but they were clinical, managed to get two goals off of four shots on target and only 33% possession. Brighton continuing to struggle, continuing to not be able to finish and really just not getting the ball to where they need it to be in the first place. Um, the more and more I watch, the more and more I wish that Lamptey uh, had a way out of this team. I, I wish Basuma had a way out of this team. Um, and I think Graham Potter's a good manager, but I don't think that they have enough ultimately uh, for him to work with. So I'm I'm pretty tired of Brighton, and it's it's good to see them uh, kind of slipping up the table I, or slipping down the table. I, I really don't like them. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't agree with you more um, about them slipping or falling down the table. Um, I think you're right about Lamptey. He does have a certain quality that doesn't fit this team. Um, they've been sliding the past three games, uh, three straight defeats. Um, they've conceded seven goals and haven't even scored one in any of those matches. So there, there's something very, very wrong with their attack, as we keep mentioning every single episode. And uh, it's something they're not going to be able to fix until the summer window because they're they're safe in the league. 
Um, it's just a matter of where they finish, either if it's in the top half or the bottom half of the table. It's going to be somewhere around that 9-2, to 13 area, if I had to guess right now from what other what the landscape of the table is right now. So um, Villa, on the other hand, you're right. It was a huge win for them. They've been in a real um, duck of form lately, um, struggling like Brighton in the scoring end of things and also um, holding results and not letting them slip, slip away. So um, they proved that here, a big away win. Um, Brighton are terrible at home. It carries over from last year. They play awful at the Amex. Um, so huge win. There were a, I think there's a total of nine yellow cards in this game. Um, so a very chippy game, very, very fitting for this type of match in a mid-table battle. So um, Ali Watkins getting a goal was huge. Um, I think you're right about Coutinho. I think a similar thing with Ronaldo. Um, in his younger days, he plays more out. He plays in a wider position. Um, obviously because he's fast and uh, now he's at an older age where um, that that physical ability isn't there as much so he needs to be playing in a more central role yep. um, more controlling position so maybe that's where he needs to be but um, we're seeing that Gerard loves a 4-3-3 so they won't really play a a attacking mid behind the two strikers very often so um, he's gonna have to carry on in that w- wider positioning unless he does something different with Ramsey, but um, Ramsey seeming to be a fan favorite there. Obviously, a a uh, youth player there through the system, and I don't know. We'll see, but I think this is a result they can build off of. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, uh, we have oh Everton nil Manchester City controversial one. up next a controversial match. I thought this one would kind of be a battering um, by City, but. Just just not. Um, a really hard-fought victory. Three points for City, as we expected, but not quite in the way that we would have expected. Six shots on target for Everton. Two of those on target, 32% possession, whereas City had 68. Eight shots on target and 13 shots total. Um, in this match, we lined up with Foden out on the right, Silva in the center, uh, Raheem Sterling on the left, and then those guys were brought up. Uh, behind by Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Gunwan, and Rodri in the center where he always plays. He seems to be kind of the one that's kind of just in there regardless, um, but that back line uh, was unchanged as well. Everton played better. They looked much better in this game. They played with a little bit of fight. I thought that this was a a solid solid game. There was a handball controversy. I don't I'm I'm curious to see what you think. Um but I don't know. I mean, I I thought City were definitely deserving of the win here, but th- there's quite some controversy on that. There was a similar situation in that um exact type of play where the player is going to the ball and extends his arm t- for his advantage. Um, which was Crystal Palace. Uh, Milojojevic did it where he was at the top of the box off a corner, came out, and he slightly raised his arm to control the ball, and it was immediately called. Um, And then in this game, an even clearer situation where there's no defenders around Rodri, and he sticks his arm out even further. The ref has a clear and obvious view. VAR takes over, and they have all the angles you need, and I have no understanding why it wasn't given. It just doesn't make sense. So it's very sickening, really, um, 
especially in in the battle that Everton's in right now, because that point could mean everything to them. Absolutely. Um, they're only one point above the drop right now, so that type of result right there could go a long way for them. And in the fashion that they lost too was even more upsetting because it was a deflection and off of Holgate and and Keane couldn't react quick enough, but so Foden took over, but. Yeah, that overall game, I agree with you. There was a lot more fight and passion in the Everton players. Um, And it's very unfortunate for Frank to um, play his former side and not get a result here. So um, if they carry on with that type of attitude and and mentality in these next coming games that they have, um, they won't have uh, they won't have a problem staying up. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to see everything go down. Uh, they've been up. The they, What's they up? probably have the the hardest schedule out of any I team know. left right now. I, they, they play Tottenham Wolves, um, United, West Ham, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Leicester. So I think eight out of their last, what is that? Eight out of their last um, fourteen games are against top ten sides. So. Um, they need to do that. That's what I mean. Those points mean everything. So losing it there is is um, upsetting. You know, it's it's a strange thing because I think this is about other teams losing more than it is about yeah. Everton winning. You know, yeah, it, it really is. It's about Brentford losing. I think Leeds are going to stay up. I think they're going to be invigorated by by Jesse, and I think they're going to actually play the way that a team is supposed to defend instead of the the man marking like one-on-one well it Um, seems like that that aston villa win has gave them a five-point gap above newcastle and yeah newcastle are in such good form that you could be swayed to say they're they're kind of out of that battle yeah they're out the mud Um, so now it's that bottom six so you need three out of those teams and um i definitely think your your mind wants to immediately think that Leeds and Everton are going to be safe. So you have Brentford, Burnley, Watford, and Norwich. So we could really see all three newly promoted teams go right back down. Yeah, I mean, I think Burnley will stay safe, and I think Brentford goes down. I think it'll be Brentford, Watford, and Norwich, and that's fine. We'll get three new teams in, and hopefully they're a little bit better. It'll be Fulham. Um, and there's two other teams that are going to be coming up, and we didn't want Fulham to go down, so I'm glad they're going to be up next year. Yeah, it's probably them, Bournemouth, and one of those other playoff teams. Yeah, so that that'll be good. That's fine. Um, okay, just two more. Uh, West Ham won Wolves nil, a huge win for West Ham here. Thomas Suchek's goal in the 59th was the difference. 13 shots for West Ham, four of those on target. Just 40% of the possession was theirs. Uh, on the reverse end, we had 14 shots, one of those on target for Wolves. Um, West Ham pretty much lined up the way that they always do. Antonio up top with Lanzini and Bowen behind him with Johnson, Fornals, Declan Rice, and Suchek uh Declan and, and Suchek in the middle as well as Cresswell, Craig Dawson and Kurt Zuma at the back. Um Wolves not putting out their their number one lineup. Uh we didn't see Raul Jimenez uh start. We didn't see Daniel Podence start. We didn't see Pedro Neto start. Um it was Trincao, it was Huang Hee Chan and Fabio Silva up top. I don't know what they were going into this game starting those guys. 
uh, four, maybe because it was short rest with the game uh, versus Arsenal, and they needed those guys who all played to rest, perhaps. Um, but I think that was the difference of this one. I think Wolves get a goal if they're playing um, Podence, Jimenez, and, and Neto. So I don't really blame anybody besides Wolves for, for this result. This is unlucky. You need to be getting a point from West Ham right now while they're kind of vulnerable. Um, I think it's a huge three points for them. They're now uh, on 45 points in fifth place. Thankfully, Arsenal have three games in hand still, so we can probably knock them out of that spot. But um, they they really needed that win. They had two draws, and now they just got their win. So really good for West Ham. And unlucky with Wolves, they have two losses on the bounce now. Yeah, this is the first time, I think, since like November, December, where they've had back-to-back defeats Uh um, because they've been in such good form. And I agree with you. It comes down to your squad selection and... Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And um, maybe it was short, short, short rest. And he rotated the attacking three. Um, Huang He Chan getting that goal against Arsenal. Maybe he thought that he would have provided something else in this game as well. Um, Fabio Silva, they brought him in two years ago from the Portuguese League, 18 years old. And a lot of people thought he was a young gem. And um, I think he's only had one goal in the Premier League in the two years. He's just a very Timo Werner-esque striker, it seems like, at this point, where every chance he gets, he skews. Um, Trincao is turning out to be a bad loan signing. He does... um, I shouldn't say he does. He doesn't provide any type of goal contributions whatsoever. So I think the game plan for Bruno was to get to the half um, at nil-nil, and then once they get to around that 60-70 to minute mark, if it's still nil-nil... Um, they bring in their heavy hitters, which they did in in changing the whole front three. So um, it didn't go in their favor. Antonio got a nice assist to Suchek. Um, him getting a goal on his birthday was nice. But yeah, I think this was probably along the lines of that United-Watford game for me. It was very boring, a very m- big midfield battle where a lot of chances were turned over um, for both sides. So, And funnily enough, it was a result that neither one of us had. So. That just makes sense in, in my um in my West Ham agenda book where it, it continues on. Um but yeah, I think West Ham here getting a result like that against a side um competing with them for a top four finish is phenomenal. Um and in Wolves case, it just really cut off that momentum that they had where as soon as people started talking about them and saying they were flying under the radar and they, they're starting to figure things out is when they go right back down to um, the shadows to rework um, on their on their on them on their on the I don't even know what I'm trying to say. That's Let's right. go back to the training pitch and to figure things out. But right. Yeah, I don't know. I always keep rolling back to like Arsenal's the only team in this area where they, they're figuring things out and they're prover- proving it on the on the pitch come match day. Yeah. OK. Um, I think that no, we have one more actually. Um, Leicester City two, Burnley nil. Another one, another uh, another kind of unfortunate uh, performance from Burnley. Leicester get all three here. It took a long time for this Leicester side to break down Burnley, but they were able to successfully do so in the 82nd minute when James Madison converted on a chance, and then in the 90th, Jamie Vardy made sure that there would be no late heroics by scoring one himself. 22 shots 
for Leicester, six of those on target, nine shots for Burnley, and two of those on target. Uh, Leicester were the dominant team in possession with 56%. They passed much better than Burnley. Just really moved the ball around much, much better, I thought. Um, Pats and Daka getting the start over Vardy. Vardy was uh, made available for this game, but as of course he's coming back from injury, so he didn't get a ton of time. He was able to get on the score sheet. Of course he was. Um, we saw Yuri Tielemans get subbed out in this one uh, for James Madison, and it was the two subs that were able to convert. So a really good performance from Leicester, a well-needed three points because they've just not been up to snuff um, the past really couple of weeks, you know, they're only getting um, one victory in their last five games. Uh, the other four being two losses and two draws. So a well-needed win for them against a Burnley side who they are certainly better than. But I was expecting a draw. So uh, or I thought maybe a draw could be in play. So this was a, a really good result for Leicester. Yeah, this was probably the most um ugly game that i watched out of all of them just um there was no there was very few times where there were multiple passes connected in the midfield it was a lot of over the top balls and um lester couldn't get the ball under control quickly enough before burnley made the game uglier again um possession heavily in lester's favor um along with the chances but burnley just know how to disrupt the team's flow and make teams play the way they do so those subs obviously made a huge difference, just like um, Arsenal's did against Wolves. Um, Jamie Vardy coming back is huge because he is heavily experienced in the league and he understands how to get the job done um, more than Pat Sandaka, obviously. Um, and that puts him on 10 goals now um, in the Premier League, which is um, fourth right now in the, out of all the guys in the league so far behind all those Liverpool players. So huge for him. Um, I think Harvey Barnes should have definitely scored in this game. Um, less, or Burnley were fortunate to go into the half uh, level. Um, Nick Pope made at least four quality saves. Uh, ben Mee, there's one of their captain at center back, picked up a big injury. And I think 20 minutes into his shin, and he played the rest of the half, or m pretty much the rest of the half before coming off. His shin looked like it was about to fall off, and he couldn't make a full stride. And I was surprised they, that Lester couldn't get the ball under control and just slip Daka in behind him because we know he's a speed demon. Yep. Um, so fortunate left for them. But, yeah, I think those subs made a huge difference. And Lester pick up that huge win, like you mentioned, that they've needed for a long time now. And they played just as many matches as um, Arsenal have. So they're right there in that middle area of the table, but they have at least two to three games in hand above the uh, with uh, with the teams above them. So... Um, they could definitely make a run into that top 10, which is where we definitely think they should be finishing. But the the injury bug has been a major effect, has taken a major effect on where they've been so far. So I think a, a deserved result to finish out this week at games. Yeah. Um, all righty. We're going to go ahead and move into, oh, what we should say, I, I forgot that Chelsea didn't have a game. Um, their match versus Leicester got postponed, pushed around yeah. because of the schedule. Um, Roman Abramovich has been essentially forced to sell Chelsea Football Club. He is now accepting bids. Um, he's asked that bids be 
put in a 2.5 billion i think was the number that he was asking for um he has been in contact with with two people uh one of them being a leader i think guggenheim uh investment group they own the dodgers the la dodgers and then um a swiss billionaire named weiss um something i forget his last name but he uh he has also been in contact with Abramovich, and it seems like uh, we will have a new ownership era at Chelsea Football Club, which is, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Do you care? I think what he's achieved um, in his 19 years there, they've, they've won any, every title that you could possibly yep. win yep. At, at the club level, and he's been one of the most quiet owners out of all of them, and um obviously he has ties to to putin and what's going on over there but he's mentioned that um with the sale of the club he's going to give all that money towards um supporting of the ukraine people and Mm -hmm. all that damages so all that money is going to be given to a good cause at least so and the people at the club have taken a stand against him too in a way yeah um in the charity uh, the charity fund and him trying to pass it off to them and people have spoken up about it. So I think things can get worked out for the best. And there were always talks and worries about um, players getting paid staff and whatnot. And um, the manager in Tuchel repeatedly over the past couple of days has been bombarded with questions about the owner and the war and all that stuff. And he's smacked back saying like there's nothing he can do he doesn't he's never experienced war he's been privileged enough to be in a position where he is now and there's no point in asking him those type of questions where he doesn't he cannot give you an answer so uh i'm happy that he's taking a stand in that way but i think i think i don't know how much of a change it's gonna make yeah i don't think Um, i don't think it will change much i think if you can afford to buy a club like chelsea you can afford to spend the money um, he's never been a, a cheap manager. They've, they've, he's always given them whatever they've asked. Um, and it's strange. Uh, I mean, from an outside perspective, I can, I can tell that he actually did. He does care. He not a lot, not all owners care. And I think he did care and it sucks because I, I like, obviously I want to condemn pretty much anybody that has anything to do with Russia and what, what they're doing right now in the Ukraine. I just, I, I don't think it's. I don't think any of us really kind of want to stand with Russia on that one. Um, objectively, I think it's bad uh, to to invade sovereign nations. But uh, what do I know? I, I think it's bad when the U.S. does it. I think it's bad when Russia does it. But I, I do. Part of me, it's it's strange because you know you don't really want to stand with an oligarch because like what the fuck does he care? But you could tell he did care about Chelsea. So I think it kind of sucks that he has to sell the club um, and. To be honest with you, if you can afford to buy the club, you're not going to be any better than he is as a human being because you, you can't get that much money if you're a good human. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the policy is on managers and um, yeah. if they're given the same amount of time as he gave managers. Um, yeah. They didn't have much time to get things going, so it'll be interesting. Obviously, the fans at the end of the day want what's best for the club, and I think we're getting the best possible decision here with how things have turned out. So um, I think it doesn't help on top of that. Um, we didn't play that Leicester game up due to being in the league cup final against Liverpool. I thought 
for a zero zero game that was probably the most zero zero game you could watch um and especially with how it ended in the penalties i don't think you should be angry at keppa because you first of all you should never get to a shootout and secondly the shootout should never go all the way to your goalkeepers so i think people memeing him and stuff and the talks are picking up about selling him and that's been the thing the last two years ever since Mendy stepped up like it's obvious with the wages we're paying him and he's only a backup goalie it doesn't make sense so um I don't think people should pile on to him and he he came in and he should have made that save against Konate I'll say that before they got to his kick but I don't know. It's very upsetting, especially with the VAR decisions, with how how tightly they were calling all those offsides, um, especially the Lukaku one where they drew the line at his elbow, um, and then they could turn and make the decision in the Everton-Man City game we were talking about earlier with the non-handball call and how clear and obvious that one was. It's just the... The interpretations on some of these calls are unbelievable because the results that come out of it are are damning to some teams because in this in this case one team wins a trophy and where the other case in the Everton it might cost them getting relegated. So um, there needs to be some serious talks with how this VAR decision is made and I don't know. It's I think I'm still salty about the result with the League Cup more yeah. so than than like the owner thing. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I just I I rather have lost in regulation because there were so many chances for both teams that it should have just ended in the first 90, but um I also ha- I bet on the game going to penalties and either team winning. Yeah. My my problem was I picked Havertz to score anytime uh, and it just it, and and he did and it was rolled off. So there's that too. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the owner change is good. Um I'm happy from what Abramovich has contributed to this club. I agree with you. He he definitely loved it. It sucks because the last 2 to 3 years he it's been very hard for him to come and watch games. Um and I feel like that was one thing he really enjoyed. So I think him losing that sucks, but um, hopefully it turns out for the best for everybody. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into uh, to match day 28 previews. Uh, we have Leicester City taking on Leeds United on Saturday, March 5th, just three days from now. First game of the weekend. I can't wait. Excited to see what Leeds look like in this one. Jesse Marsh will have had eh, three, four, five days maybe of training with these guys. Um, so I think it'll probably be a testing game. I'm going to take Leicester because I think Vardy probably be ramped all the way back up and I'm going to take them to win. Yeah. Um, our records, I should say from last week, Evan started off great. He started off seven and one and then the last two games he lost. So he finished at seven and three uh, and I pulled it back. I finished five and five. So another average week there for me, but um, I thought you were going to keep going there. Just the, that West Ham result didn't go in your favor. No, of course it didn't. Of course not. But I think I think I'm going to go with the manager. Um, actually, no, I was going to go with Leeds, but I think if Jamie Vardy starts in this game, it's a wrap there. So I'm going to go with Leicester as well. Um, I'd like to believe the, the him having a full week with that team, um, him having similar similar coaching principles that Bielsa has. Um, attacking wise and such and maybe being more 
um, structured in the back and not going with a man-to-man style like Bielsa. So I think the game will be close. I definitely can see Leeds get something out of this. Um, Actually, yeah, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with a draw. Okay. That probably makes sense. Um, All right, let's move on. Burnley versus Chelsea. I'm taking Chelsea straight up. I don't care who owns the club by by Saturday. I'm going to take them to win against Burnley. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have any effect over the nope. the play on the field like I we agree. saw it. We we had a big scare today in the FA Cup against Luton, but they they pulled through. Lukaku got the winner surprisingly. Um, the Burnley, I think, out of all these teams in the league, have been our our bogey team in a way. Yes. Um, I think playing away as well might be a little difficult there, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Chelsea. It's um it's gonna be our first game in a little while back in the league. I think we've only played. Counting this one, two games in the league in the last four to five weeks. So um, we need to start using these games in hand to really um, get a big gap over the teams behind us, more so than catch up to the two teams above. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alrighty. What else we have here? Decent slate this weekend. Uh, Aston Villa versus Southampton is up next. That's an interesting one. I think heading into this, Southampton would probably be the favorite, but things should be pretty square here. Um, I'm going to take a draw. I think I see this one being 1-1 or, or maybe 0-0. I think it's going to be a pretty tight one. Um, That's tough because these teams are pretty level when it comes to their the talent they have. I think if you... Look at both sides. First 11s, you may lean a little more towards Villa. But I think the the structure and the style that Southampton are playing right now is more uh, is more enjoyable. So I think I'm going to go with Southampton again. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, we have North City versus Brentford up next. God, this is a terrible one. Um it's gonna be a, a worse match right now. No, it's the two. It's like the worst teams right now, form wise. Um, my gut is telling me draw because I I can't pick a clear winner here. Uh, I think Brentford have the better team on paper. Um, I guess I'll go with them. God, ugh. These guys played earlier in Norwich. Um. Norwich one two one. I think that's what it said. I remember that one. Um, Brentford had heavy possession in the game, but just counterattacks beat them, um, as well as a pookie penalty. So, I think I think it'll go similarly. I'd like to say Erickson get a start here. Um, So I think for that reason, I'm going to go with Brentford to win here and break their duck. and I think this kind of seals Norwich's fate in the in the relegation here because if they're losing to a team that are in the worst possible form, I think that pretty much seals the deal for them. So I'm going to go with a, a Brentford win. Uh, okay. Uh, up next is Newcastle versus Brighton. Fuck Brighton. We're taking Newcastle straight up. It's probably the one where they don't get it done, but I'm taking them. I think this is going to be a draw. I think it's going to be disappointing for Newcastle here. I think they're. I don't think their attack's been good enough to be a, a strong defense. I think it'll be similar to the West Ham game where it's going to be tough to break them down. Um, so I think like a one-one draw here. 
Okay. Uh, we have Wolves versus Crystal Palace up next. God. Uh, this game, to me, screams Wolves get away on some technicality bullshit. I'm beginning to hate Wolves, by the way, a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my second team. I'm taking Palace. I think maybe they can squeak one, but I, I won't be surprised if I get fucked on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna take Wolves. I'm not gonna think too much about it. Yeah. I think the I think their possession's gonna be there, and I think I think they'll be a lot better on set pieces in this game with um with their tall guys. I think they'll go back to their normal um, front three there with Poden, Jimenez, and um, Neto. All right, cool. We have Liverpool versus West Ham up next. That should be a straightforward one. West Ham don't have what it takes to compete with Liverpool right now. They did defeat them 3-2 earlier this season, I believe. But yeah. I'm going to take Liverpool. No way West Ham take all six points from Liverpool in one season. Just don't see it happening. Yeah, that 3-2 loss, there were the two two goals that they gave up straight off corner kicks. Um, I think they've cleaned up their set-piece defense a little bit. I think West Ham were a team that were, were one of the first teams to really expose um, Liverpool's weaknesses when it comes to counterattacks, exposing those flanks because their fullbacks play such a high level or a high line, I should say, um, and the gaps are clearly there. So, and they have the speed to to open it up. So, I think it'll be similar to that. But I think playing at Anfield is a bigger boost for them. I think they they're unbeaten this year at Anfield, and I think that continues here with a, another win. Uh, okay. Uh, we have Watford and Arsenal up next. Oh, I, I absolutely have to go with Arsenal here. Uh, United dropping points to them last week. I don't think Arsenal will do it, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal as well. I think we could definitely see a a tightly contested game. I think the there's going to be a lot. The last game there were... There were nine yellow cards. Kuku got sent off with a double yellow with an ugly challenge. So I think it'll go similar to that. But um, I think they've Arsenal's figured out their best 11 week in and week out. And I think against its side that's struggling this year, um, they can get the job done here uh, away. Yeah. Um, and then we have City versus Manchester United. Oh, boy. These games recently have been really, really tight at the start, and then City City pulls away. That's exactly what I think is going to happen in this game. I think the first half will be a good game, and then I think City will just out, excuse me, out with them and and really outlast them. So I'm going to take City, but I don't think it's a slaughter. I think it's like a one, maybe a one nil or two nil victory. Uh, I can see United even getting a goal, but I I think City take all three here. Um. I would right away want to say City, but this like some, for some reason there feels like a way that United might nick a point out of this. Um, City are recently have been dropping games as of lately when it comes to not just like losing or drawing games, but even in like this Everton game, like they're not they're not like um, what am I trying? They're not clear and obvious winners at the end of the game. Like there were chances where they could have lost it. Um, and I think United maybe not maybe is not that team to um, get a win at the end of it. But um, I think I'm just gonna go with what I thought at the start. I think I'm just gonna go with a City win. Um, I can't put too much faith in the United right now. Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. And then we have. Oh boy. 
I think this will be the last one we do, and then we'll save. There's Thursday games as well, but we'll do that for the next one. Yeah, and I will be traveling on Thursday because I'm going out of town. Uh, but we'll okay. we'll figure this out. Uh, we'll have to do a, a early week episode next or early day episode next week. That's um, fine. Tottenham versus Everton, Monday, March seventh, three p.m. Big game, important game for Tottenham, important game for Everton. Uh, Everton, of course, beat Arsenal in a crazy game this year, but I don't see them beating Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham are due for a correction. I think they win this game easily. Um, I think I'm going to go with a draw. Okay. I, I just I, if If Everton lose this game... Um, I think it's pretty certain they'll drop into that bottom three. So I think they they need something out of this game. So I think they're gonna get a point here, and I think Tottenham. Um, I think I'm I, I can definitely agree with you with um the correction game. Yeah. But, um, I think Everton with how they play against City, they they're due for some type of result. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's fair logic as well. Um, okay, guys, that's everything from us. You got an hour from us this, uh, this week. We will have another episode out to you probably by like Wednesday or so, um, next week. And then, uh, yeah, you'll have, uh, you'll have the, of course, recap of the games that we just talked about and then the preview of the following. So thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod uh, on twitter and instagram and you can find the podcast everywhere you can find podcasts spotify apple podcasts and soundcloud until next week please take care of yourselves enjoy the football and we will see you then bye